So at this moment, the moment of sacrifice, the people didn't know what to think. They walked with Jesus for three years, and, and he had been trying to tell them what was coming. But they couldn't see it until this time. The beauty of our celebration, though, is that the moment of death is simply the entrance to life. The passage this morning is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believe in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried and then he rose again on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some had fallen asleep. And after that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also, as by one born out of two times. For I am the least of the apostles, though not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believe. It's the word of God for all people. Thank you. So we talk a lot about the gospel. So what is this gospel that we talk about? Gospel means good news. What is it the good news? What is it that Christians claim? Well, we claim that Jesus Christ was a human man. He was God made in human flesh. He lived and he died. He was actually buried. He died for our sins and then he was buried, put in a tomb. When we seal the sanctuary to represent that, that was what happened for him. He was sealed away. They posted guards at the tomb so that nobody could come and steal his body. He rose on the third day, according to the scripture. He fulfilled. Jesus didn't come to do away with scripture. He came to fulfill them, and he fulfilled them, and fulfilled them, and fulfilled them. He rose, and then on the third, and then on the third day, then he was seen by Cephas, who was Peter, the apostle Peter. You may remember Peter. He was kind of impulsive, a little bit, cutting off people's ears and trying to walk on water and thinking and having to, having to have Jesus pick him back up. He took a lot of risks, Peter. And yet now he's one of those who gets to see the risen Savior. Then he was seen by the other disciples. Then by over 500 more during that time. When Paul wrote this, many of them were alive. Some had died and fallen asleep, but many were alive. See, God knew that this, this miracle was going to be challenged, that people were going to try to make up stories, and so there are so many people that could, in that day and age, who could refute that, say, no, I saw Jesus too. He rose. And then Paul, later on, Paul is a persecutor. He's chasing after, going to get the Christians in Damascus, and he gets struck blind, and he gets to meet Jesus. And then he becomes one of the most prolific of the disciples. What we claim is impossible for human hands, but nothing is impossible for God. So this gospel that we speak of, it's found in, in John 3, 16 and 17 as well, probably the shortest and briefest and most direct place you want to know what we as Christians believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God so loves you. You. 
that he sent his son for you, for me too, so that you might not perish but have eternal life. He loves you. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Oftentimes we get locked into the condemnation of the world and we get dragged into discussions in places that we really don't have any business being. The world pulls at us for people. Wants to pull us away from this truth of, truth of the gospel. He loves you. He died for you. He rose from the dead for you. He didn't come to condemn you. But to save you. So that's what we claim as Christians. That's what we claim. That's what we grab hold of. That's what carries us through no matter what. Anybody in here ever gone through stuff in life? Oh, come on. <laughs> we go through stuff in life. Amen? Amen? Life is not easy. It's not a smooth path. It's an up and a down and bumpy road. And, and sometimes we get off track and, and we don't know how we got there. And God is consistently putting his arm going and going. I got a better path for you. If, you. if you follow me, I got a better path. I got a place. I got a way. I got a destination too. Because of this gospel, because God so loves Mike Devine, God so loves Jerry Bowen, if you can believe that. God so loves David Hermans. Isn't that crazy, David? God loves you that he sent Jesus. That's why it doesn't matter what we're going through, right? We have peace in, in circumstances people don't understand oftentimes. When we're going through the most difficult of times, the loss of a loved one, medical issues, all these things, we can have a peace that other people don't understand. It's called the peace that passes understanding. And you know why? Because you don't understand. That's right, because it passes understanding. Those of you who are, uh, this is how I am, so just bear with me. It passes understanding. It doesn't make sense to the world. How can you have peace in the midst of that struggle? Because God loves me. And he sent his son to die for me. And that I have an eternity waiting for me that is awesome. This life is fleeting. I saw Francis Chan. He's a, he's a preacher. And he, well, he grabbed a rope. And he, he ran a rope. All of it would be like through the narthex all the way in here. And if I did it, I probably one day I will. If I get that rope. Run it all over the place and pull it up here on the up here, and then he marked off like this much of the end of the road to signify this life that we live in the face of eternity. And we focus so much energy and so much on this when we have eternity before us. So how can we have peace? The path of understanding. We have eternity before us. We have an awesome path and a place that we're going that is beyond anything we can imagine in this place. To why we can proclaim Christ in the midst of what's going on throughout the world. We have Christian brothers and sisters in the Middle East who are being beheaded by ISIS. And they are proclaiming Christ to the end. You know how they can do that? Because they know Jesus has a place for them. We had a terrorist attack here just recently, right? And, and, and how can we proclaim, how can we claim peace in the midst of that? Because we have a place. We, we have not been given a spirit of fear. Terrorists try to scare us. As Christians, we have a we have a place prepared for us that's it that's far better than this place. 
We need not fear. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear those people. Don't let them take you from where you, that security that you have in Christ. If you don't have it, grab it. There are many, how many of you would be willing to tell somebody about Jesus? Take a look around. If you don't know Jesus, there's a lot of folks in here who are willing to talk to you about Jesus. He will give you peace that passes understanding. Take away fear in the midst of all that's going on in the world because the world is not the point. Jesus came so that we can have security in the midst of all that. Martyrdom has happened in the church throughout the history of the church. I don't know if you realize that. We have been persecuted from the start. We should expect nothing different today. If we follow Christ, we are not doing what the world wants. If we don't do what the world wants, they won't like it. Follow Christ. Anyway. No need to be afraid of the stuff that's going on. We have the security of Christ that is unbelievable. In recovery, we have a saying that you can't think your way into a new way of acting. You have to act your way into a new way of thinking. What that means is that you can think about not drinking all you want, but until you stop drinking, you're not going to make much headway. But that's backwards, right? You should be able to figure it out and then not do it. That's kind of the way that you would think it works. So that's a little bit backwards from what a lot of people would think, but it doesn't change the fact that we can't think our way into a new way of acting. We have to act our way into a new way of thinking. That's simply true. As Christians, we say... Believe and then you'll see. The world says, show me and then I'll believe. But that's backwards. You believe and then you get to see. Take a step in faith and then the blinders come off and you begin to see the beauty of what a life is in Christ is like. What it means to with Jesus as your Savior. Bless you. It changes everything. It changes everything. But it's backwards from what the world would have us believe. We have to test everything in the world. We have to have faith in Christianity, but it doesn't change the fact that that's simply true. What I'll tell you this morning is this. If you feel lost and you want to feel found, then come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. If you fear death, know that there is life. Life abundantly and life eternally. Come to Jesus. As we continue this morning in Song of the Lamb, we proclaim doubt gives way to certainty. Desperation is replaced by assurance. The proclamation of death now silenced once and for all by the glorious announcement. He is alive. Jesus is alive. He is alive. Say it with me. He is alive. Jesus is alive. He is alive.